A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, it's nearly Christmas, Chris. It's nearly Christmas, my friend. Oh, how exciting is this? Do you know what I like at Christmas? What do you like, Chris? I bloody like Christmas songs, don't I? Oh, I love a Christmas song. We should invite someone... We should invite someone that knows all about songs. Knows all about all the Christmas greats. We need a broadcasting legend. We need someone that has been at XFM from day dot to when it changed to Radio X and he's still here now championing new music. Oh, Imagine how many Christmases that, that guy has been there playing some smashing Christmas tunes. Exactly. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. What's he going to have in there? Is he going to have uh, Is he going to have in the Pogues? Is he going to have Mariah Carey? I don't know. Who knows? Well, I'll tell you what. Get your selection box, sit yourselves down, put on your slippers and listen to top five Christmas tunes from the broadcasting DJ legend that is Mr. John Kennedy. Enjoy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Really? Yeah, I find it really weird talking to him when he's got headphones on. I mean, I'm going to enjoy yeah. every second of this. Now. It's just standard. <laughs> See, I find it weird doing this without headphones. Oh, I suppose, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I'm so used to having headphones on. But we're generally um, sitting in my back garden, not in a studio. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, which it's I a like sheltered the idea back of. garden. <laughs> I, I, I like the back garden idea. Or, or in a bar that you have. Well, that is the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a little kind of shed. Well, obviously... I'm no good with DIY and stuff like that. So when we, we moved in the house, there was this huge... Why is that obvious? That you're not... uh, well, I just don't... I don't know. I'm... You look very strong to me. No. Yeah. It's got a strong, you've got a strong grip. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, we do normally uh, rehearse in, um, record in the little back garden bar, which, is, which is good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's always nice to come to ACAS because it feels a little bit more professional, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it switches things up. It's nice yeah. to come and see the Acast gang because they are a lovely, lovely crew, aren't they? So yeah. So the back garden bar isn't open to the public. It is. Oh, it is. Oh, oh no, 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 no. God, no. Like <laughs> no, the public is. It's, it's open yeah. to anyone who wants to come round and, and record. Of mm, course, right. Like, mm. But just but, not yeah. to the usual folk, folky no, greys. No, you don't I don't just, just get randoms from greys just coming round for any, a skin for in my garden. Right. <laughs> any wasted strays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only tiny. It's only tiny, but uh, yeah. And it's uh, it's called the Whiff Inn. If you see what I've done there, very John. clever. Like I like it. Right. Well, look. Let's let's introduce uh, the gentleman that we're, we're we're chatting away about. Yeah. Let's uh, just say that that was the start of the podcast. Yeah. Welcome everyone to Hardcore Listing with Chris and Stu. And um, and we're, like we, you probably know already, we're in Acast Studios in London. Um, 
with Mr. John Kennedy. Hello, how are you? We're Thanks right. for the tea. Smashing. <laughs> yeah, no. This we're is well. um is this gonna be the first time we've done a podcast with someone that a professional <laughs> professionally. <laughs> yeah. but, well John had pointed out you can wear those earphones, make sure you wear them throughout it. Well he did say he wasn't having a go at me, but um, you always have a we, I was saying you always have a go at me for having the earphones on during a recording. I've just said this. This is the first professional DJ that we've had in here. We, we should mention uh, Scribius Pip. Oh, I think yeah. he won a Sony Award. <laughs> he has, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never won a Sony Award. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a good point. But I feel right. naked without headphones. So this is an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, not that it really matters to anybody who's listening. But, um, I'm glad you're not wearing them as well because I, I, I couldn't deal with that. Just sitting in a room <laughs> with two people wearing headphones. They're quite, they're quite warm. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I always forget Pip did that XFM. Was it on XFM? The beatdown, was. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. That great, was solid. great, great show. He no. did good. He and did in good. a way, that was the start of his uh, broadcasting career. Yeah. In, in that, obviously, he does the, his own podcast now. Yeah. And, um, you know, but that, that seed was sown with XFM. It certainly was. Yeah. And, and Pip, um, for me, growing up, when we, we met at college, he was always someone who was a big influencer um, on me for music. Pip was always introducing me to new stuff, like Rage Against the Machine, he, he, he gave me loads of good stuff like that. So I think he used to get a kick out of that. He used to really enjoy sharing new music. So I think that XFM beatdown for him was, you know, he was like a kid in a candy shop, to be honest with you. And so, t- talking to Pip, straight off the bat, you know, John, thank you so much, because you did so much for, like, you know, my mate. <laughs> in terms, in terms of music and his career, you know, I think he wrote a. Um, a I think this is my recollections of it. I think he wrote a short letter to you and, and gave you, posted a CD out to you, didn't he? Yeah, totally. He put a CD in the post with a letter saying, uh, "My friend Kate Nash said that I should send you uh, our track. Uh, this is something I've worked on with this guy called Dan Lassac. Um And I, I, as far as I remember, this was between Christmas and New Year, or else it was just after New Year. And I came into XFM, as it was then, picked up my post, was opening things before the show, as I often do, sometimes putting them into the CD player, having a, a quick listen, uh, maybe putting some in the bin uh, to be <laughs> trying eff- efficient about it. Yeah. Uh, but I read the letter, put the CD in, thought, that sounds amazing, played it on the show that night. It got an incredible reaction. I played it the following night. It got an even bigger reaction. And then it became an exposure big one, my track of the week, the following week. And um, it, it kind of snowballed from there, really. I and mean, it was interesting because I heard... And that, that was Thou Shout, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. And um, I heard afterwards that they'd only sent out the one CD. Um, Rob DeBank heard it on the show, then contacted them, and then they ended up signing to his label. Um, and obviously that helped get their, their music out yeah, to the yeah. world. But um, just one letter, one CD, yeah. and one friendly little uh, blurb saying hi, you know, and, and it, yeah, fantastic. There's not many bands or acts, because you've worked with a lot, I've put on a lot of nights for new music, there's not many acts who can say they sent out a CD, <laughs> one CD. Because it is kind of like death of a salesman sometimes in a band, when you've got, you've got to not be frightened of constantly sending out promos and understanding that... People may not pick up on it for yeah. ages. And so. at that point, there, there can't also be many bands who's make the cover of the NME when one of the main lyrics within the song is "Thou shalt not buy the NME," <laughs> and then you get on the cover. That was that was when I first kind of because I hadn't seen it for ages, and I, I literally bought the NME, and I was like, "That's Pip, he's on the cover," and I just thought, surely it can't. And, and I just thought they were going to dig, dig him, him out, yeah. and uh, and no, that's great. It was, uh, when, when he wrote Thou Shout, I remember, because he'd, he'd written a lot of other tracks before that, and um, 
you know, hugely influenced by the sort of people he was listening to at the time, people like Sage Francis, Saul Williams and that, that we were, you know, fa- fascinated by. And he said to me, we were in his Toyota six-seater gold Toyota van that he had at the time that we'd bought to do a bit of touring. And he said, oh, I've got a new uh, song. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek. And he did parts of it to me in this van as we were driving through, I think, Stamfordly Hopeable places. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But compared to, like, the other songs I was really into of his, like Rat Race and that, I was like, yeah, it's all right. But, you know, these other ones, <laughs> I think, are better. Yeah. And then, obviously, it just blew up. And you're like, wow. But it... It made sense. It was a very, it was a, it was a great record, and the beat by Dan was really, I yeah, think it suited it really well. But that's one of the interesting things is that um, he didn't explain in the letter that that was their first collaboration together, right. really, and he and there was no uh, backstory with it. So I didn't know that he'd been out there, you know, doing his gigs in front of audiences, waiting to go into another gig, and you know, do, doing that kind of thing, and and his whole poetry background. I learned all mm. about that afterwards so I just heard this track and to think that it was the first proper collaboration the two of them had done together and that it was so effective and it got such a great reaction because as somebody who plays a lot of music on the radio you don't get a great reaction to everything you play Mm. it's kind of rare that you get any kind of reaction in a way and the one or two comments you do get you treasure and value and that's really brilliant but that got an instant like massive reaction and you knew that there was something about it in the same way that when I first heard it I thought oh, that, that is great um, and just played it immediately that night but people instantly said what is that you've got to play it again and and to think that it, it just came from that one little collaboration mm. and then they built so much on, on top of that because they may have walked away from that yeah you know, it did, you know obviously they were friends anyway but they could easily have just carried on their separate, separate paths ways, yeah. Yeah. It, was a, it was a really vibrant time for but we will get around to your top five and introduce him <laughs> what it is in a moment. But, um, but whilst we, we chew in the fat on, on that kind of time, in Essex especially as well, it was it was quite a, vib- a vibrant time. And another sort of solo act that um, was was Sam Duckworth was was Get Cape, mm. and and he came out at that time from mm-hmm. from from where we lived, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And uh, and at the time, I know you, we've spoke at length before about. Um, Mike Webster's various bands such as Baddies and yeah. and, 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 uh, Garica, and, and, wasn't he? and and yeah and, and Nadays Bait and Asylums and, mm. and uh, it's a it's a good time. The Asylums are insane to watch. Mm. They're yeah, great. Uh, it's good because that whole kind of scene, everyone kind of knows each other and, and works together. And did you see that documentary that was on the other night um, about Nottingham? I didn't. It was um it was based around uh, the Nottingham music scene. And uh, it current was, as it is now, yeah, and and it, and it was it was all put together with, with different sort of venue owners and label owners. It was on the iPlayer. I just stumbled across it at the weekend. It, it was right interesting. I was just sort of talking about the sort of mixture of what's going on, and and there was a lot of stuff about the kind of Jake Bug changing a lot of it. But I, I'm not a massive fan of Jake Bug. But um, but, but at the same time, it's those artists that connect with other people and, that help. Focus attention on on where they come from, yeah, which is really useful. Basically, no. what the whole documentary was about. Um, it was it's well worth a look. It's okay. it right interesting. And, uh, I think I, I need to mention Mark Dell, who's a guy who lives in Nottingham and runs this organisation called Newsick, which is he was on the music, and, really? and he's been was he the really guy? yeah yeah, yeah. He was on there a lot. Um, and he's been really um, proactive about championing the Nottingham music scene, helping it, schooling it educating them about how they can reach out to the world yeah. and I think that he's had a, a really positive influence on things there. Yeah, he he was he's on there a lot. Right. So you should give that a yeah, look. Yeah, 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 I've got to check that out. That sounds, <laughs> sounds interesting. Well, um, John's got a good 
top five for us today, which I was surprised when you first said it because I didn't see it coming. Um, I presumed it would be sort of music related. But before you say what you went for, was there any other top five you considered? Well, it's tricky because um, I don't make a lot of lists because I hate making decisions. And <laughs> even though I can make decisions every day about what I play on the radio and all that kind of stuff, I find it quite an agonising thing. And I, I yeah. like reading other people's lists. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the idea of lists. And I like the information that they pass on and how you can learn so much yeah. from them. But to make those crunch decisions it's about difficult. what should go in it, I yeah. find really, really tricky. Especially if it's on a subject that you like a lot you know once once so for example music or film or comics if you start saying those things to me it, that becomes a near impossible task because it it's quite transient it changes over time what's in my top five and whatnot and yeah it can it can literally drive you insane yeah. and i, I kind of like doing lists but that's kind of how this all started yeah um but it is a it's a real challenge sometimes when you've got to go right okay am I going to give my is there a number one on yeah. this can I can I tie it down and um, with your list you've got them in order you've 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 gone there I have gone there um, this list could change tomorrow okay. but at the same time it's a great way of highlighting these tracks and these artists I thought um, and the, the the particular area of music that we're looking at um, is something that um, I love. And I thought it was something that I wanted to tell other people about um, because a lot of people have opinions on this area of music, I think. And a lot of those opinions might be very negative. And I want to try and uh, restore some balance to that reaction and say, hang on a minute, hold on, pay more attention to what's going on. So, John Kennedy, what is your list? It is my top five Christmas songs. Fantastic. Hey, this is our, this will also be our first uh, Christmas themed podcast we're yeah. recording now. So I don't, are we, yeah, we're going to put it out. We should wait a little bit, I think, yeah, and, and try sure. and uh, drop this in get for it, six, seven weeks, beginning December. of December or yeah, something. For, yeah, for, for certain. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, are you obviously a massive fan of Christmas records then? Yes. Um, in that I love topical songs. I love songs that engage with what's going on. Hence that. Uh, enjoyment of Dana Sack and Scrooge's yep. Pip. Mm-hmm. You know, things that react to what's going on are, are, are a real uh, reaction to that. I get really involved and really excited by it. And um, Christmas music is one of those things that has surrounded so many of us all our lives. And that could be Slade. You know, it could be mm-hmm. that or it could be hymns. It could be carols. They, they are there in our lives from the moment we are born. And part of that, you then connect to childhood and family and that's all very sweet and pleasant but it can also be really irritating and can really uh, <laughs> set you down a di- downward spiral because it's like, oh no that music and yeah. especially now that every shop every plaza every mall plays christmas music non-stop from the end of november yep. up to christmas that just sends you around the bend. And the problem with that is that you get sick of Christmas music and it means that you just switch off and think, I hate <laughs> Christmas music. It is yep. the pits. But the the thing that people are missing out on is is all that stuff that we don't hear and yep. all the amazing new Christmas songs that get written every year. And one of the great joys of being on the radio for... 20-something years, is that I get to play it, and often people send it to me, I go and find it, and um, people kind of get to expand their idea of what Christmas music is all about. And and that's one of the reasons why I thought I'd talk about it today, really. Looking down through your list, it's... uh, There's definitely 
one on here that I guarantee you guys are never going to hear in Argos when you're uh, <laughs> <laughs> buying your presents. Um, I, think, I think you get chucked out of our Christmas party <laughs> if you played it. <laughs> Why have you brought John along? <laughs> but um, it's brilliant. It's, but it's, I've got to be honest, when um, we've, we've spoke every time we've, we've met at various club nights and that, we've always spoke about music and, and you know, I've been a, a, a DJ for years and years and years and, and like to think I'm a bit of a nerd for my for my music. I'd never heard um, any of these. <laughs> any of these tracks. Well, that's no. good news. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and some of them have, yeah. Well, we'll do you know what? Should we just start? Yeah? Let's go in. Let's so, go in. Well, actually, just quickly. So what, what, how did you approach doing this top five? Like, what was your, because you, you it, really, you've said there that it's part of giving people opportunity to hear the music that they may not have done and that they might have felt it's, they might be tired out of all the usual Christmas songs that yeah. get punted around. So was that your real sort of goal here? Was to go? Actually, there's a lot underneath the the surface level Christmas time music that you wanted to say is your top five. And yeah, that. totally. And and in some ways, you know, these these tracks that I've chosen are just representative of a much bigger universe of of Christmas music. Okay. And um, I guess I mean I enjoyed topical christmas songs i enjoyed things that got in the charts at christmas time um in a in a certain kind of way but then as you got to hear them more and more and, and it just i grew to dislike them intensely yeah. and then um years ago back in the early 90s i went to new york and um i was record shopping as you do uh or as i do wherever i go and um I came across a whole kind of section in, in a shop where, which was a whole series of, of Christmas collections, mainly on Rhino Records, and they had assembled Christmas music that had come out in the 40s and 50s and 60s, um, a whole collection of, of R&B and soul and garage punk and, and loads of amazing songs that I just didn't know right, about. Yeah. So people like the Sonics right. uh, doing Christmas sonic, uh, right. songs. Really? And yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's a fantastic... Um, compilation album that came out in the 60s which combines about three or four different bands of the same era as the Sonics like the Wailers and all doing kind of upbeat in your face Christmas songs and over time I'd been alerted to uh, Christmas songs that I wasn't aware of through bands that you stumble across so I remember um, uh, a song that this LA punk band called the Creamers had done um, and I realised, actually, that's a Ray Davis song. That's a Kinks song. I love the Kinks. How did I not know about yeah. this song? And you realise that these worlds are out there to, to find. And so hitting upon all these Christmas compilations on Rhino made me think, actually, there's much more to this Christmas music than I realised. And I, you know, I bought them, a whole pile, about five or six CDs, came back to the UK, started playing them on the radio, include them in DJ sets around that time, um, and really enjoyed it. You know, And so you had all sorts of... Of, of things, I'm trying to think of, of some examples, but uh, songs like um, "Christmas in the Congo" by the Marquis. The Sonics don't believe in Christmas. Then you have um, the Whalers with "Christmas Spirit," the Penguins with "Jingle Jingle Jangle," um, Huey Piano Smith and the Clowns doing "Silent Night." So some of them would be reworking traditional songs, mm -hmm. and some of them would be writing songs uh, afresh. And it just seemed like a whole whole new world, which is really exciting. And then I realised that actually there's there's all these other people. People are still writing Christmas songs, yeah. and they're not relying on the past. And you could mm -hmm. say that. You know, George Michael and Wham had set a good example in the 80s um, with Last Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just thought, you know, th I love this. This is great. And stumbling across a new one every time was always really exciting. So is this purely a seasonal listen? It is, yes. Although, yeah, I don't really listen around the year. Yeah. Uh, although sometimes 
um, occasionally you come across things and, mm. and you try and make a note of it. I mean, the, the other thing is songs that are topical that relate to winter or Christmas, but don't necessarily, you know, directly Mention. say that they are Christmas yeah. songs. Yeah. And and I keep meaning to, you know, start a book with all these kind of things because there are loads of songs like this and loads of songs that work in winter time at Christmas that aren't necessarily about Christmas. Yeah. But I do like the idea that Christmas is one of those um, part times of the year that everybody has a, a strong emotion about, both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the music takes on extra resonance. And Completely. the music can have uh, can be a lot of fun. It can bring a lot of joy. Uh, but it can also be really emotional. And, and I like those two combinations. It can be throwaway and silly, but it can be full of pathos and, and despair. No, yeah. and, and I, <laughs> I like that. I really like that. The credentials for a Christmas record, mm-hmm. does it have to say the word Christmas within it? Not necessarily, but I think you should get an idea of what they're getting at. Sleigh bells. Like, what what, what, yeah, what the band, sleigh bells. Like, well, no, I, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, like, if you listen to, um, let's see, 17 one called. Well, stay another. The probably the best uh, Christmas song of all time. Oh, that's uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's very debatable. Did I mention Christmas? No, 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 no. no, no. They're, they're just, just a wearing, good song. They're just yeah. a good song. That's <laughs> just a banger. That was released at Christmas time and <laughs> yeah. had a kind of. And they no. wore giant white suits, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Strong look. Mm. We yes. have we have the picture disc of that on the wall at the toothbrush. <laughs> I, I don't really? know why. Wow. But I, I mean, John already started this. This is I can't wait to discuss these with you um, because that is peeling back. But for me, I, I've never really looked that deep into Christmas music like what you said there, and already you've just wheeled off a, bun- a ton of bands. I'm like shit. There is a there's another le- level to Christmas music yeah. that I that I've never consumed it in that way at all. So my my number my top fives are well, stay another is genuinely in there, and so that's always how I've sort of enjoyed it. But it is so true. Like those songs resonate to me differently every year, depending on what my general mood is. Because if I'm having a bit of a rough month, and then I start hearing those Christmas songs, they don't they don't connect with me at all. I'm like, oh god, here we go, Christmas. I'm not really up for it. If I'm having a great, great month and I'm listening to the Christmas tunes, all of a sudden I'm I'm a lot happier. Yeah. I'm wondering if if I listen to different songs that I'm less familiar with over Christmas, it, you'd, you'd skip that filter. So yeah. you'd just get a, you'd always get like a nice. You'd be able to approach it in a fresh way. In I a mean, fresh way, definitely. James Brown released a number of Christmas albums that I think you would right. really, really right, like. Cool. And and some of them are some of the songs are pretty silly yeah. about skiing and, and stuff, and some of them are, <laughs> are are pretty serious about you know there ain't no. Christmas in the ghetto and things yeah. like that, you know, and and there's some pretty funky ones too, as yeah. you can imagine. So, and it's kind of surprising. I mean, a lot of the big artists, any artist who's released, you know, dozens of albums, has often tackled Christmas, yeah. particularly in the '60s and '70s, because I think it was a a, a lucrative yeah. thing to do. And obviously, yeah. if artists are putting out four or five albums a year, then you can make it seasonal and think, well, we should we should do that Christmas yeah. album. And so when you go exploring for Christmas music, you discover that actually there's a hell of a lot of of stuff out there. But one of the things I wanted to concentrate on here uh, was that combination of of more recent recordings and then a couple that um, are are old, but um, probably people might not have come across that um, I think are really uh, uh, great works of art. Smashing. So we, should we start with your number five then? I think we should. Do I introduce it? Is that yeah, how it no, works? Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. It is Theatre Royal with I Believe in Father Christmas. Smashing. And shall I play? I've got a little bit of a laptop here. Shall I play a little bit for us now and then yeah. see if it picks yeah. up yeah, and set, we set, can cut set it Set in. the mood. Yeah, let's do it. Well, Mary, what a wonderful world. 
We'll just let it go to the chorus, I think. Yeah. <laughs> See, I see no reason why that shouldn't be played everywhere around mm-hmm. Christmas. Instantly catchy, and it's got a lot of humour in there. It's pretty funny. There's a bit of tongue-in-cheek there. But yeah. it's actually also quite a moving song. Mm. Um, Theatre Royal are one of the great unsung bands of, of the UK. Like so many bands who have been around for quite a few years, they do it on the side, but they've had quite a few albums out there. I've described them as the go-betweens of the Medway. Oh, um, do you know what? That's exactly what it reminds me of. Right. That's bang on. I, that was 2013 that came out, and I've never heard of this band, John. And yeah. uh, I said to you on the way up here today, I went, I just rinsed them last night. <laughs> and it sounds, for me, what I'd call old school indie kind yeah. of sensibilities about, and it, I just thought they were absolutely amazing. And I've literally rinsed everything they had on YouTube last night. Oh, and that's brilliant. His voice is incredible. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it's good. Brilliant harmonies, and... Really strong pop hooks as well. Yeah. Like, fetches it. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. James. Yeah. Wow, I'm really pleased that you did that. That's yeah. fantastic, Stu. No, because they are a, a great, great band, really great songwriters and a really kind of tight unit who can pl- really play, as, as you can tell from the music. And that was just something I think they put out for fun. But it's become a bit of an anthem on exposure um, and was an exposure big one. And luckily, every couple of years, there's a new song that comes out from somebody that I think that, that surely should join the canon of, of great Christmas songs. And the sad thing is, and one of the reasons why I thought we'd tackle this subject today is that everybody says Christmas music sucks I hate Christmas music it's rubbish and then you get some people say oh it's you know, the more sentimental approach it's like oh yeah but with the right drink it's, it's really nice and they're talking about usually you know Slade Wham and Band-Aid mm-hmm. um, all great significant songs in, in their own right but 
somewhat slightly overplayed. Yeah. We've we've heard them too much. Um, and uh, at the same time, if maybe we could take them away for a few Christmases, and then then we might be able to enjoy them again. Yeah. And and I uh, will have to admit that sometimes. I can't listen to this music, and there are some things that I'd have to put away for a while, mm. and then and then revisit uh, a few years later. Um, but in a way, uh, Theatre Royal are just one example of many, many great Christmas songs that are put out by many, many great British, American, Australian bands that don't get the attention they no. deserve. I think. And so, you know, a few years ago, back in the early noughties, um there was a supergroup called the Joseph and Mary Chain, all from the northeast yep. of England. They featured members of the Future Heads and, and loads of other uh, bands from that part of the world. And they were each taking different lines of the 12 days of Christmas. And it's amazing. It's the greatest name for a band ever. Yeah, I know. And a brilliant <laughs> band name. And so they're just representative of so many different things. You know, you might have Spore, who was a, an electronic techno artist mm. of the kind of late 90s, early noughties, who... <laughs> Can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he had tunes like "I Want to Fuck a Reindeer" and things like that. Uh, he wrote a lot of drum and bass sport. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. he's wrote my one of my favourite drum and bass tunes. That's tech. It's amazing. Wow, it's fantastic! Really I mean, he he was brilliant. I, I know that uh, John Peel was a fan, and and he put out a whole Christmas selection of stuff. So it, it really varies what what people do. There's some brilliant kind of math rock Christmas tunes that are out there. Um, there's all sorts, and um, it just annoys me that uh, not that many people. Um, hear these no. songs and and the, often people link it into charity they put out these songs that they raise a little money for charity which is really nice um, and uh, so that is great yeah this but song I think the have, music stands yeah, out it no. does it has all po- it, that has all the pop sensibilities of many of the other records that are getting um, you know carte blanche played across the, the mm. country throughout Christmas so Sorry. yeah it's opened my eyes to it and the music video is pretty cool for this as well I just like I like the indie you know that was shot with no budget and a couple of cameras, basically, yeah. and and they're all just having fun in it. And yeah. I've always had a lot. My of only for that. my only criticism is that you know they've got this thing where they say I don't like socks. I, I quite <laughs> like getting socks at Christmas. I don't I don't have a problem with that. No, neither do I. I, I. I think there's a point when I realise that I've become an adult is when I'm like, no, no, socks are cool because you know I can't really be bothered to buy them myself. I don't think and... I ever buy socks. I just get socks. Socks for Christmas. Christmas. Well, there you yeah. go. Right. Uh, that's that's good. Exactly. Fair that's... royal sort yeah. Um are they your friends? Are they, um, um, have well, you had them in for sessions? Think, yeah, they've come in and they've, yeah. they've been in session a couple of times. They they played My Night at the Remedy in, in, in South London. They, they've played Exposure Live as well. So, you know, I've met them quite a few times. Yeah. Really, really lovely bunch of people. Um, and I wish I could have them. You know, I wish I had a night that was with house bands that I could have not just house music but people yeah. who were residents who would just play every week yeah. you know part of my fantasy life would be able to have the the time that every you know friday or whatever it is I had this night that went on and we had a house band and then we had some visitors and you know but there's just not enough time to put on all yeah. these things so that, that that's interesting you say that because time um obviously as we all get older and we all grow up listening to music and we're obsessed with music and 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 you have a partner and children. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, how do you find, obviously, I know it's your job, but how do you find time to listen to music? And when you do, how do you listen to music now? Well, computers seem to dominate everything these days. When I sit in a room in my office, I've got two computers on the go. I've got two CD players, a couple of record decks. And often they this might... This is at home. This is at home. Yeah. And they might all be used at once almost now when I'm really efficient you know and I'm trying to whip through a load of tunes I'm kind of you know you've got one CD player playing another one being loaded up the computer paused is but, this all new music yeah and this is all new tracks okay but 
in the last few years, um, you know, downloading, streaming has has kind of taken over a lot of that. And so, you know, uh, I use the computer a lot to check out things. So people are sending me a link to listen to something. Um, SoundCloud is such a useful tool in that respect because you can skip through the track, mm -hmm. hear a few bits, and download. Mm -hmm. I always like to be able to download because I don't trust streaming for broadcast. Mm -hmm. um, so I want that option to have the music there and then. Um, and, and I must say that whipping through things, which I have to do, the computer and, and things like SoundCloud are, are really, really useful in, in that respect. Um, but it, it, it just can take so long. I mean, downloading is quite a laborious thing. I yeah. to, mm. And I, I get frustrated with staring your, at the computer all the Hard drive, yeah. doesn't it, as well? And it, yeah, yeah. That, I've, got, I've got laptops full of music. And yeah. I can't, when I get a new laptop, I really, I'm, I'm terrible. Sometimes I don't transfer it all over. So I've got laptops just sat there with cracked screens that have got loads of great music on. Yeah. I just haven't, I haven't bothered to, to wire it over. It does suck up so much space. So yeah. do you find that when, when you find time, uh, and I guess you have to make time for the nature of your job to listen to new music, does that get in the way of John Kenny just wants to listen to one of his favourite albums? Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it, I know a, a, an album has really struck a chord with me when I listen to it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that I want to listen to it again and again. And, and you need that too. You need... That's the one uh, gripe, I guess, I have about what I do, is that actually getting really involved with music falling in love with something and listening to it non-stop for a long period of time is a great joy and, mm. and it's something that I kind of miss. Yeah. And was that the thing that probably initially got you where you... Yeah, totally. You know, you're With, obsession, obsessing over music at yeah. a young age to... Yeah. Totally. You no, know, to live those albums, yeah. to, to live those bands, you know, to sing every word That's it. and, you know, jump up and down yeah. because sometimes you, you do get inside a record after, you know, it's a, a lot of the time it's not even the second or third time I listen yeah. to it. And all of a sudden, that's when I'm like, oh my God, this is now, I can't imagine not listening yeah, to this yeah. uh, song. Do you get the same buzz now um, out of, say, listening to music and exposing new artists as you ever oh, have? Oh, totally. I mean, the the struggle is is finding something that does excite you, but there's, there's, there's so much stuff out there. And every few days, there is something that you get and think, oh, yeah, that is great. No. Do, do, do you, when you're doing this, are you... How is your approach to it? Do you hear something and think, I'm not massive on that, but I think the listeners of Radio X will love this? Yeah. Or are you like, I think this is amazing, so I'm going to play it, whether a, you like it or a, not? A bit of both. So yeah. you might yeah. have to put up with you know, that six-minute techno thing that I really like. <laughs> um, but I will also play you... You know the new killer single, sure. Um, because I know that you might want to hear that, and yeah. and and as a music fan, yeah. I know that I would want to hear the new killer single, yeah. um, especially if I think it's good or you know it's it's got potential. Yeah. <laughs> they could go far. You know, um, I, I want to hear it. You know, so it, some of those big big groups, they are really great, and you want to hear what they're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want to check it out, and and it. But to me, it stands in the same uh, space as as a brand new artist who've yeah. just cobbled together a demo no that's it's, it's the same no and and and, and we talked about danisak versus scroobius pip and thou shalt always kill um and you know that really got me that first listen um and that's kind of what i'm looking for mm. putting something on that you know nothing about mm. and thinking 
wow, that's yeah, that yeah, just yeah. amazing. And it can be amazing for so many different reasons. Mm. It can be amazing because the music itself just sounds different or it's out there, it's in your face, or the complete opposite, it's just so beautiful, mm-hmm. or it could be the words or somebody's voice, um, something that grabs you and kind of you know, grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you and, the, you know, and you think, whoa. Yeah. Has, there, has any of the artists that you've exposed got surprised you with the reaction where you've put it out there and you think this is good and then you've had this overwhelming response and it's blown up? Is there any you can, you can remember? Um, yeah, I mean, there have been a few over the years. I mean, some of the people have gone on to be pretty successful. Yeah. I mean, um, all you know, which is nice. I mean, it, it, sometimes I'm disappointed by people not getting ex- yeah. as excited as I am about yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but I like it also when people come around and say, you know, when you played that, that track, I really didn't like it. And then, you know, a few months further down the line, it's like, actually, I really Change like that band. Mind. I think they're really good. So that's that's really good. You know, I mean, you know, I guess uh, if you want if you want names, um, you know, I like it when I get... Uh, sometimes, you know, I play something first from a demo and um, uh, people react and the, the band go on and get a deal and they, they, they become successful. Other times I get people in who perform live to air and that gets a, a great reaction as well. And that, that can be a very special moment. So say, mm-hmm. you know, Razor Light, another band who um, sent a CD in the post, um, terrible picture, put the picture in the bin, uh, put the CD on, thought, oh, wow, this mm-hmm. is great. No, and as I said at the what time, tracks, what, what tracks um, on that? that was Rip It Up, possibly okay. Stumble and Fall, maybe. Stumble and Fall is a cracking song. Yeah, yeah, really, really good songs. Mm. Instant appeal, and I think I probably it seemed like it was uh, uh, meet the Strokes meets Television. You know, yeah. a precy of what Television were doing with the yeah. pop punch of the Strokes, and I just thought that was brilliant. That got a great reaction the very f- first time I played it, um, and again. I don't warn people usually that I'm playing them on the radio. So one good thing about that is that you get a genuine reaction yeah. to it. Um, bands are great when they know that they're being played, are great at galvanizing their fans to to react, and that can be nice too, and it helps spread the word of what you're doing. Mm. But at the same time, it's nice to see that real reaction to something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Ting Tings are a band that uh, I met on a Friday night in Manchester, I was hosting a gig with the Cortinas, actually, who are middle on. The headliners were Polytechnic, who sadly we don't hear yep, from no. anymore. Um, the Ting Tings uh, were at the gig. Um, the gig was in, um, uh, what's it called? It's called, um, it's in Salford, but it's called something like um, Islington Mill or, or something. It's got, a, it's, yeah, anyway. Um, and this space was a, uh, kind of owned or run by a collective. So people were living in there and some people had kind of studio setups there and they would put on gigs there. And the Ting Tings are one of those people who, who kind of lived and worked there. And I spoke to them and they handed me a CD and I listened to it on the train home uh, along with another couple of CDs. And I played it on the Monday night on the first show I had after Was that, that. Fruit Machine? Um, no, it was... Um, that's not my, that's name. Not my yeah. name. Yeah. And I played it people went crazy about it a year later that was a big big hit mm. and people were saying please stop playing that song yeah <laughs> um because it's such an infectious thing but that was definitely one of those where you know people thought wow what was that and there was another cd i was given that um that day that friday night and i played that the same night 
And I was really, they were a band from uh, New York, all-girl, noisy band from New York. I thought, oh, yeah, that is the business. I love that. No reaction to that yeah. at all. Band never heard of again. Um, but the Ting Ting, so I, who I, I realised that is a great, great pop it's song. It's an insane hook. It's yeah. so catchy, isn't it? That? it and really played is. that, got an amazing reaction. Yeah. But it was funny because then when they did become really successful, people were saying, why are you playing this stuff? <laughs> yeah. No. And it's like, well, I mean, it's weird. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get, the thing is on radio, it, when you get that reaction, when you're in a club and you're DJing, you, you will sort of like slip in, I like to say, feed people their greens and be like, well, okay, I'm going to play you all this because I know you like it. And I like it, don't get me wrong. But I'm going to slip in this other one because I've been listening to this and this is an absolute gem. And you get the crowd to a certain point, they're having a great time. And then I'm like, ready? I'm going to play this now. And then you just lose the crowd, <laughs> and you're just gutted because you're like, "This is the best." I don't understand why, why you, you don't. Like I don't, don't, don't yeah. understand why you don't get it. So you, you do learn those. Things. But that is an immediate reaction. Like, well, yeah. I guess like yeah. playing it out loud, you're like, "Okay, I've just John's cleared." John's seen it. you DJ. Up, <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. Seen no, that just, don't worry. Just mate. cleared. No, <laughs> I've never seen you clear the dance floor. I've cleared it before you, <laughs> um, which is always embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, you know, I have these fantasy uh, DJ sets where you play. All sorts of obscure music, plus hits too, yeah. and everybody dances to everything you play. <laughs> yeah. You know, and sometimes I, th- I, 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 you know, you have those moments where you do play something ridiculous, and people do go crazy to it, or at least like three people, but they yeah. go crazy enough to make up for another yeah, three hundred. Totally, yeah, totally. and and you just think, yeah, that, that was is worth amazing. it. That yeah. was totally worth it for that one person to come yeah. up and say, "I'm so glad you just played that." I'd love to have a club where I just played my my Spotify playlist, and everyone <laughs> just thought it was incredible. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, well, I, I think I've been doing it long enough. It's never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. Uh, all right, John. Well, look. Um, should we should we do number four? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. So um, should we play it and then, yeah, or, or shall I introduce it? Announce or... it and then I'll hit the play. Yeah. Okay. So this is Lucy Rose and Ray Morris doing "Merry Christmas, Everyone." Some special voices here. Yeah, it really is. Snow is falling all around me Children playing, having fun It's the season I'm feeling Christmassy already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have some crackers. <laughs> sent that over and listened to it um, last night and, uh, and again watch it on YouTube as well and uh, the pair of them performing that that really did their voices together were just beautiful yeah. and it's we haven't played it all but that, that song gets better and better with, with the two playing off each other and singing together it's a, it's a real both sitting at a piano yeah. aren't they both yeah. just uh, they're, they're, and their voices together it's, it's, uh, so it's meant to be isn't yeah. it? How, yeah. how did you come across that one then? Um, well I'm so pleased that you both like that and mm. I'm so pleased you're doing this research mm. as well <laughs> checking things out that's impressive mm. um, well I mean I both I, I, both artists Lucy Rose and Ray Morris had been on the show Lucy Rose came on the show before she'd ever released a, a song um, Ray 
sent a song that I thought was amazing and, and she came on the show and performed live to air. Um, and yeah, as you say, two incredible voices. So so I was aware of them and had played them on the radio and, and you know, I was a fan already. And then that turned up on a, a Christmas compilation. So over the last few years, I'd say, uh, there's been a, quite a trend of people putting together Christmas compilations, usually for a, a charity, um, and getting lots of different kinds of artists to play and uh, record songs especially. And there's been some great stuff. Um, the only downside of some of these compilations is that people do a lot of covers because obviously if, if somebody approaches you and say, oh, you know, I really love your music, um, I'm putting together this Christmas compilation for a charity, I'd love you to, to do a song. Um, to write a new song, can be a bit of a challenge. So people turn to what they know. And the downside is that they often end up singing the same old songs. Um, there have been so many different versions of Last Christmas mm -hmm. um, over the last 10 years especially. Because I think now you've got a generation who grew up with that um, as toddlers and their mums and dads were playing yeah. it. And, and so they, they know that song because of that. And some of those versions can be good. They can add to that song yeah sometimes it's just pointless um and this was a song that i was not a fan of i was not a fan of shaking stevens likewise and i i, I just thought no bloody hell no this is ridiculous <laughs> no and as somebody who lived through that era um I, and now i kind of th have a bit of a fondness for shaking stevens I actually see him as quite a valuable figure <laughs> in some ways but um hearing this by these two people made me reassess the song completely and and made me think that is a really brilliant song um, and I absolutely love it. And I must say that it is down to their performance and the film that goes with it. There's a, there are two films. So there's one film of them just performing the song, but then you also there's another film which shows them recording it and laughing and getting it wrong. And, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's worth checking yeah, out. Yeah, we'll do. Um, and so the compilation that they were doing it for... Um, did about three or four volumes and uh, it's it, they've got some real gems in there but one year the year that they put this out they had that film that went with this then they had the kind of outtakes and you can get audio and also visual outtakes and I actually played uh, some of the audio outtakes as well on, on the show um, just because they just sounded so charming and, yeah, and yeah. The, uh, the, the the friendship between the two of them is so beautiful and their voices are so beautiful and it's just nice seeing them play this this old piano yeah. and and it you know it, it seems like a really touching family situation yeah. that yeah. it really conjures up the magic it does, the potential yeah. magic of Christmas you, you know? saying that about the family situation when I watched that that's how I felt like mm. I did could imagine those two just playing it a, a, a family do so were they friends beforehand because I just want to whoever put those two together if they weren't friends for a long time I just want to shake their hand because they work so well together yeah but, they need to do more music together yeah. um, and I know that they have they've performed that song for the BBC I know that they did a piano session for Hugh Stevens and you know that's kind of pretty jealous about that um <laughs> And that is such a brilliant idea that for Hugh's yep. show. Um, they are actually sisters-in-law. Ah, okay. So uh, Lucy is married to Ray's brother. Um, now, I don't know whether Lucy met Ray first, she met mm -hmm. her, her husband through Ray, or mm. was it the other way around? I, I don't right. know that story. I must ask them. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, they, they work so well together. That's, that that would be a Christmas family do. Wouldn't yeah, it? there's a piano in the yeah, in the yeah. earth. That's a, that's well, a great I'd day. I'm sure there was. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, two such amazing voices. Um, but I thought I'd play that, not just because it's a really beautiful song, 
but it's a good example of when things go right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, to, to be negative, there are an awful lot of people covering Christmas songs um, and there are E17 covers and, yeah. and uh, I, I really Animals. like the idea that they're doing it and giving it a go. Yeah. But I, I'd like to set down the challenge that, you know, if you, if you can't make a, a song fresh, new and can't add something to it, yeah. then maybe write your own. Yeah. You know? And I think often, as, as a friend of mine said years ago, one of the great things about writing your own songs is that nobody can tell you that you've done it wrong. You know, so when you make a mistake, nobody knows you've made a mistake yeah. on your own song because you know how it goes. No one can pick you and, up on it. And you know, you might be uh, not be able to do another play, even another person's song, but you can do your own songs yeah. justice. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a great way of seeing things. Yeah. I think. Thank you for listening. How good was that? It's fucking John Kennedy. Of course, it's going to be good. I came out so hyped after yeah. that episode with John. And it was weird because um, that was in the morning, and then in the afternoon we had the Huey Morgan yeah. one. So we knew that day that we was well. I know we finished both of them. We come out and we were like, man, we have just had a masterclass in fucking broadcasting yeah. because they're some serious players, them two. And yeah, John was great. Yeah. Absolutely fucking great. Like intelligent, articulate. Um, what a way to talk about the uh, songs he he brought to the table as well. He gave a shit about that. Yeah, and it was it was wicked. Go to the Spotify playlist as well. Go and have a listen on there. Um, just just put hardcore listing in, and um, we can't guarantee all of John's five are going to be on there, but because some of them are a little obscure, and we discuss why they're obscure and where he where he found them, and uh, and you obviously get to hear some of them on the podcast itself. Um, and yeah, we'll put some other songs on there that we, we discuss as we, we, we continue the podcast and yeah, we'll see you within 48 hours, um, for the final countdown of, um, Mr. John Kennedy's top five Christmas songs. Can you, um, stop jingling your bits around now, please? Sorry, man. I put my pants back on. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.